Live from the Old Church Concert Hall in Portland, Oregon, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. May the narrative be with you. 1997, I got the best job I ever had in my life. It was the last job I ever had. <laughs> and the first two years of this job were a little conflicted. I was a Jew who got hired to teach at uh, Mount Angel Seminary, Catholic Seminary. <clears throat> and I was sort of wondering in these first two years just exactly how I fit in. I was just supposed to teach. Um, but, well, let me give you an example. So it was, it was Easter the first year. And uh, I'm in my classroom. I've, I've just had my last class of the day, and it was the day before the Easter break, and I'm erasing the the board, and there's one kid hanging out, one of the seminarians, this fellow Julio. And as I'm gathering my stuff, Julio says, uh, so Mr. Engel, are you looking forward to uh, Easter break? And I said, oh yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to Easter break. He says, yeah, he says, you're gonna get together with your, your family uh, and have an Easter dinner. And I said, no, Julio, I'm, I'm not. He said, oh. Well, you're going to get together with friends, aren't you? You're going to, you know, go someplace and, and, and gather and celebrate Easter? I said, no, Julio. He said, oh, you're taking a trip, Mr. Engel. I said, no, Julio. <laughs> he says, Mr. Engel, um, you're Catholic, aren't you? And I said, Julio, no, I'm not Catholic. He said, oh. And he said, Mr. Engel, what religion are you? And that was the moment, that's where all this conflict comes in. So you see, it was like the first day, I remember the first day that I moved into my office at the seminary. And I get in there and there's this crucifix on the wall. There's Jesus on the wall. And I, and I realized, I, I, as a Jew, I just simply can't have this on the wall <laughs> all the time. And I, I very respectfully went over to the wall and I, and I took the crucifix down and carried it over to my desk and I pulled out the lower right hand drawer and I set the crucifix in there and it stayed there for 15 years until I retired. <laughs> and you know, it was, it was this whole thing being asked, well, what religion are you? And I'm wondering, am I profaning my own religion as a Jew? Am I like a turncoat? I had a friend in... Uh, in Florida who was doing research, a Jewish friend in Florida doing research on the Inquisition, and that was actually how I met him. And when I told him I had taken this job as a teacher at the seminary, he called me a court Jew. And I felt like, wow, I, I was really, I was taken aback. I, I felt like maybe I am a turncoat. And then I began to think, well, maybe I'm really profaning the Catholic Church by being an outsider and coming into this church and, and thinking that I can teach. And, and I, I really had this problem. Um, but I looked at Julio and I said, well, I'm Jewish, Julio. He said, oh, when did you convert? And it was then that I realized that, you know, these guys grow up in an environment where everybody's Catholic, the whole family is Catholic, the community's Catholic, and, and well, I passed. I mean, I'm a, you know, white guy, and I live in America, and how would you know I'm not Catholic? 
And, you know, and that was one of the things, too. It's like admission of being a Jew in some way is kind of a haunting, it's a haunting thing. I mean, I grew up with a remembrance of the Holocaust. I studied the Inquisition for eight years. Um, and it's like to tell, to give this part of your identity, there's a little bit of danger involved in that. But I figured I was in a safe place. Um, so many funny incidents at the seminary for me. Another one I want to share with you was uh, Sister Bridget. Sister Bridget stood about this high. She was just a fireball of energy. And uh, she used to come into my office and chat with me every, every once in a while. And I always felt that she was being a little bit patronizing. She would invite me to lectures and invite me to uh, special services. But she came in one day and she says, Frank, if you're not too busy, I could really use some help. I'm setting up for a, uh, a service, a special service tonight. And I got some heavy things to carry. I said, okay, fine. And I, put down whatever I was doing, and I followed Sister Bridget to the small chapel, and she opens up the storeroom, and first she wanted me to carry out these boulders. They're paper mache, but great big boulders, and I, it's just like this, and I bring them over, and I put some boulders here, and I go back and get some more and put them over there, and uh, then she asks me to go get the box of candles, and I go and I bring out this big box of candles, and she's placing the candles all around on the floor, um, she says, you know, this is a, this is a, a taizé service, and I had never heard of it, and it, it made no difference to me, but it looked pretty interesting. And then she said, um, in the storeroom on the wall is a cross. Would you please bring that out? Because it's way too big for me. And I go into the storeroom, and sure enough, up on the wall, there is a cross that's probably eight or nine feet high, and it's made out of four-by-four four lumber. And it's painted black. And I go over with some trepidation, and I lift this cross up off the hooks on the wall, and I realize there is only one way you can carry a cross. And so I start hauling this cross out, and I'm thinking, what am I doing? If my family could see me, if, if my friends could see me, I, I really am a turncoat. And then I'm thinking, well, but I'm Jewish. Jesus was a Jew. This is, you know, who else up here at this seminary is qualified like I am? And I, I bring out the cross, and I say, uh, uh, where would you like it, sister? And she says, right here. And I set it down, and, and she says, thank you, Frank. Th thank you so much. Uh, we're having this service tonight. It's at 7.30, and you're welcome to come. Um, it's a lovely, lovely service. Please come. And I said, thank you, sister, but I've got another engagement. Thank you so much. And, and, of course, I walked out of the little chapel just like my mind is like going wild. Like, what have I just done? The, the third little vignette that occurred within these first two years, which helped me kind of cement my understanding of what I was doing in the seminary, 
Uh, it was at the end of the year, and I was teaching a, a U.S. history class, and I was giving out blue books at the end of the year for the final test, and um, there were about 15 young men, seminarians in the class, and uh, it, was a, it was a short essay test. And these guys are working away, and I see one guy in the back row, and he keeps leaning over his desk, looking down at the floor. And I'm wondering what he's doing, so I walk over a little bit where I can get a better view, and I look down there, and Manuel has his book open on the floor, <laughs> and he's got his notes on the floor. And I'm thinking, Wow, that's interesting. And I, I let him finish the test. The end of the period comes. I collect all the papers. I say, Manuel, would you please uh, just hang back? I want to talk to you a little bit. So everybody leaves. I said, Manuel, um, what's with the book and the notes on the floor? And he says, well, Mr. Engel, what do you mean? I said, well, what I mean is it, it looks a little bit like cheating on an exam. I, I said, this is... Uh, you know, this is not an open book exam. You've been at school for well over a year. You know these rules. He says, oh, Mr. Engel, in Mexico, we do this all the time. And I said, I don't think so, Manuel. I said, none of your other brothers in the room were doing this. I said, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm kind of concerned. I said, I'm not sure what I'm going to do, but this test is not going to count to your grade and I'll figure out what else is going to happen. I, I don't know whether I'm going to talk to your, uh, to your director, your spiritual director. I don't know if I'm going to talk to your uh, bishop about this because it's the end of the year and we have to write these very elaborate reports on every student. And they're very demanding. They take hours and hours. And anyway, Manuel goes, he leaves the classroom and I go home for the weekend and I'm thinking, what would Jesus do? <laughs> and I thought, I have no idea what Jesus would do. But I do know what Mr. McKee would do. And Mr. McKee was my eighth grade teacher, teaching US history as a matter of fact. And he caught me and two other guys in the classroom cheating. And um, what we had done was we had ripped off a test at lunchtime and figured out all the answers and then came back, took the test, and Mr. McKee was, he was wise to this, and he found us out. And he said, you're not getting any credit on this test. And we kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And nothing happened, nothing happened. We didn't have to go to the principal's office. We didn't have to bring a letter home. But then I got my report card. And it said, Mr. McKee had written on it, Frank made inappropriate use of a test. I was like, wow. Okay, so I got caught, but I didn't get punished. That's interesting. And yet I had to bring that thing home and give it to my parents because they had to sign it. And naturally they said, so what's up with this? What is this message from Mr. McKee? And I said, well... You know, I finally told the story. Well, we ripped off a test, we got the answers, and blah, 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 the rest is history. Nothing ever happened. That was it. 
I, I wasn't punished. The whole thing just went by. And so here I am thinking, like, I'm sort of caught between Mr. McKee and Manuel. I mean, like, I can relate to what Manuel did, and yet I learned this lesson. And, and so Monday when I went back to work and I had to start writing all of these uh, evaluations, I'm writing Manuel's evaluation and I'm writing all this stuff, and I say, um, Manuel did make inappropriate use of his notes. And I figured I would just give him this gift. He could deal with this. If I remembered this for 60 years, perhaps Manuel would remember this for 60 years, and he would have to come up with, you know, with the, the whole spiel. He would have to make the confession himself. And... Um, and then I started to think, yeah, this was the right move. And I, and I reflected that when I was 18 and in high school, I wanted to be a rabbi. And finally, here I was at the seminary, and I had found my calling.